What's up? And uh, I pray with you, yeah? So in the middle of writing the sermon this week, Mag's also moved house uh, all the time. And so, look, Lord, I just thank you for her, Lord. I bless you for her heart to want to, to, to contribute to this body, to us, Lord, to, 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 to who we are. And uh, thank you for adding her to us, Lord. Thank you for her ability to hear from you, for her ability to communicate, her ability to be real before you and to be real before us, Lord God, and to bring what you've put on our heart, Lord God. I bless you for her. I pray that this move, Lord, into this new house, Lord God, that they would be happy there, Lord, that everything would work out, Lord, that everything would be, would be ironed out, Lord, and that it would be a good move for them, Lord. I bless them as a family, Lord. Sam, Ben, Andy, Lord, Max, Lord, what a blessing they are. Thank you for them, Lord. We give her our attention, Lord God, as she's given you her attention, Lord. And I pray that we would hear from you through our Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Rob. Hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> um, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, it's Father's Day. Um, you know, sometimes we're a bit more like open of how like things aren't ideal on Mother's Day, but let's be honest, like Father's Day can be full of mixed emotions as well. But Patrice, I remember, brought a word about two weeks ago saying, um, you know, one day, like she said, she has a, like, Noel is her dad. He's a really amazing dad. And she, something came up in her life and just really wanted to talk to him, but he was out of the country and she couldn't get him and she was getting really frustrated. And then she was sitting in her car and God spoke to her. And he said, I am your heavenly father and I love you more than your earthly father could. And I am here for you and just that I want your attention. And you know what? We come today with loads of different things to the table. And you may be um, an amazing dad. You may be failing at being a dad. You may have had an amazing father. Uh, you may not have had a father. But we all have an amazing God in heaven who can make up for all the gaps if we allow him to. Amen. So let's celebrate today, not because of the failings, but because, you know what? Our God in heaven is here. Amen. Amen. So just remember that. He's here today and wants to meet with you. Amen? Amen. So um, the last few weeks, Rob, has um, we've been going through Psalms. And if you've been here every week, you've been going on the journey. If not, don't worry. Um, you can catch them on the, the, the I was going to say, player podcast. Podcast? Podcast, yes. And we're very high tech here in Liberty. Very high tech. Um, did I mean to look at, look at it this week? Yes. Did I not? Yes, so I apologize. <laughs> but um, I was going through Andy's notes because he said it was a very good sermon. And just, you know, if you, we're going through, we're on Psalm 14, okay? So prepared to be underwhelmed. But um, Psalm 12 and 13, Rob is speaking about the lament. Um, and um, he spoke about how uh, last week about, you know, the, the Psalms kind of start with there being a problem um, about petitioning God for the problem and then ending in praise. Well, Psalm 14 is mostly the problem, a tiny bit of petition, a bit of moaning again, but then we end with praise. And I kind of, uh, first time I read it a couple of weeks ago, because I knew I was going to be preaching, I was a bit, um, oh great, I got the dummy Psalm, this is wonderful. Hey, it's real like, everything is awful. We're going to read it now. <laughs> the opposite of the Lego movie, everything is awesome. Um, everything is awful. But um the more I looked at it, the more God spoke to me about it. So let's read it and see what you get from it, okay? So it starts at Psalm 14. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile, and there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on some of the sons of man to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. 
All have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers never learn? Those who devour my people as men as many bread and who do not call on the Lord. There they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that the salvation of, for Israel would come out of Zion. Then the Lord restores the fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. So really upbeat, yeah? Um, so we're just going to look at that. Let's go back to the lament. What's happening in this? So a lament is a strong feeling of grief or anguish or a song that is about a strong feeling of grief or anguish. The thing is, I think we all have laments in our life, but we don't go around using the word. Hi, how are you? What's your lament? Oh, me too. I really struggle with that. Yeah, that's amazing. It's not a word we use. But there's something we're going to do today. This, um, I didn't really feel that maybe I wanted to do like a servant sermon. I thought I wanted to do like a group counselling session, okay? So you're very welcome. I'm Mags. Um, I'm going to talk about my lament this morning. And I'd really like you to talk about yours. I even found these glasses because I thought they made me look more... The only problem is I can't see it in my Bible. I can see you, you look a bit fuzzy, but I can't read my Bible, so I'll take them off. But the thing about the whole, um, the thing is about a lament. Sometimes either life is so busy, or we come up with coping mechanisms. So when you go around your everyday life, you're not brutally honest to people. Even as Irish people, we go, hi, how are you? Good, good. Yeah, grand, bye. Okay, and if you've ever been caught in one of those conversations where someone overshares, you know, and you're like, hi, how are you? You're just actually saying hello. They're like, well, actually, this thing happened this week and I'm just and you're like, I'm waiting for the bus. I don't even know this person. This is really awkward. But um, you have these times where you don't know what to say. And we don't live in a life of vulnerability. There's appropriate times to talk about what's going on and there's non-appropriate times. But God wants us to be real this morning. And I'm going to ask you a few questions through the sermon, and we're going to stop for a minute to answer them. So the first question we're going to go through, we're going to ask you this morning, what is your lament? What is it in you today that just isn't right? What are you not happy about? And I'm not talking, you can be like, well, you know, I really wanted to paint the walls green, but Tom wouldn't let me do green. I'm talking about something deeper than you're having broken nails or just the trivial things of life. What is your lament? And we're going to come back to it because it's hard to think, what is it? What is it? Because God puts it in us for a reason. I met a guy a couple of years ago um, when I worked for um, Christian churches and um, his name is Alan Graham, and I know he spoke in Liberty, and he has this power, he brought a really powerful sermon, and his sermon was about what is it that gets at you, that irritates you, and he is um, an amazing man of God. He started a work in Zimbabwe. He was working there, and he just kept on hearing of these babies that were just being born in horrible circumstances, have been flushed down toilets, and being pulled out of sewers, and 
it was just became normal and no one else seemed to be no, been getting annoyed by this. And I got him so, he has such righteous anger about it. Such incredible. And he goes, he believes that every single one of us has a purpose. Every single one of us has a calling on our life and that's linked to the lament in your life. There's something that when you hear it, when you hear about it, you look around and you're like, why is no one else get ha- getting so angry about this? For David, he was looking around and he's like, why on earth is no one else noticing that there's not a single person on this earth who loves the Lord anymore? That was his lament in that psalm. Your lament is going to be different. You're not Alan Graham. So his lament was that he just couldn't cope that these beautiful children who were born into the world through horrendous circumstances who were being flushed down toilets as if their life wasn't important. And his response to that lament was to bring it to God. Why is no one noticing this? And then he worked it out. He started a home, a children's home. My sister Marie went to, to work with them. And he has like a family. And he raises, he gets a call of these children. And they're like, we've pulled another baby out. Can you give it a home? He takes them in. They are raised as children. He does not call them like the orphans or the kids from the sewers. He calls them, they're my children. If you ask him to talk about them, he'll talk about them. And it's like a father talking about his children. His lament, God put in him for the purpose to rescue those children. You have a lament in your heart that God has put there for a purpose. So take two seconds to think, what is it? On the big scale, I get really upset with when women and children are sexually exploited. It irks me. There's something wrong. When I look left and I look right, and I'm like, why is no one doing anything about this? There are. But you know what? Like, the reality in society is if we all came together about one thing, it's not going to happen, first of all, but we could stop something like that, but people just don't seem bothered. And it's the not bother that irritates me more than anything. That's my big lament, you know, societal lament. You might have one of them, or you might have something personal in your life. Maybe you know you're creative for something bigger than you're living for. Maybe there's family members who don't know the Lord yet and it's breaking your heart. What is your lament this morning? We're just going to take a minute for that. Close your eyes, have a, have a think about it and then we'll go on to the next bit. Okay, the next bit. So Hugh, for, for a big chunk of um, Andy and uh, 
myself been married. We're married 11 years now. But we've had some really crazy times. We've had like really serious health issues. Um, we've been broke, broke, right? I mean broke, broke. I mean like pulling the, cou- the couch out to try and find coins under it to get your petrol to get to work because you're like, there is nothing in the account. How are we going to feed ourselves? <laughs> um, and it's been a real roller coaster. And I was just looking back on God's faithfulness because when Bridget shared that song last week about God's goodness, you know, about he's always been faithful. And so this season's kind of been better for us. Um, And so I wanted to look back on my prayer journals and just remember all the things. Because when you look back, we as humans, I find I forget everything so, so quickly, right? So I'll be like, say, for example, I'll have a prayer. Oh, God, fix this, but he fixed it. I'm like, oh, thank you. Move on. I'm fine. I forget about it. So when I read over things, it reminds me, like, the things that God has done for us, for me, has been absolutely amazing, and I forget them. But there's something that, um, that I noticed. I pulled out one of my journals, and I have a thing. I'm really organized, and I like to have everything, like, organized and budgeted for and this that and the other and I realized I may have an addiction to budgeting because in my prayer journal I found over the last few years I had more budgets in it than I had prayers so I started doing my prayers oh god look oh we're just really this is really happening we've just then we're like it's like I drifted off and then I start doing a like income expenditure da 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 right and even when I know we don't have enough money I'll keep on doing a budget to see how much we need. And it was shocking at my behavior. I st- it's like a, my prayers started, God, please help us. We need you. Only you can do this. But I really need to do a budget on the other side of the page. And um, it's really embarrassing to say that I'm addicted to budgets. And God really spoke to me this week. And he said, like, quit it with the budgets, okay? Just stop it. And he's like, praise the Lord. I've been praying for this. He's like, I got a pack of crisps today. I was like, that was not in the budget. <laughs> Um, but uh, but it's because I realized that I am so self-sufficient. I start off giving something to God. I give my God my lament. Lord, we really need you financially to come through. Oh, Lord, like only you can do this. But then I'm like, I trust you, but then I don't trust you. And I take it back, but I need to understand how he's going to do it. And maybe I could help him do it. Maybe if I take a bit of money from here and put it over here, that, oh, look, see, I fixed it. It's grand God, God, it's worth it, thanks. Um, I realize with my lament that I have two ways of coping. And this is just from reading my prayer journals. Either I ignore the issue or I try and fix it. I ignore it. I wouldn't say, like, I ignore it where I realize it, but I can be very spiritual about it. I'm just trusting the Lord. If someone goes, how's that working out? You know, how's things going? Uh, I'm just, I'm trusting God. I just read my Bible and God just promises me that he's going to work it out. So I do five minutes of spending time with God and I'm trusting him. But then I kind of like stick my head in the sand. I had this picture and I was just a bit of a crazy morning so I didn't get to bring it with me you know where an ostrich sticks his head in the sand and I'll be like it's all good I'm praising God it's all fine and God could be trying to talk to me and I'm like it's fine it's fine people ask me oh how's that like, you know if someone if the kids are sick or I'm really stressed like how are you doing I'm fine it's grand I'm just not thinking about it it's a coping mechanism but that's not actually what God tells us to do 
The other way is, like I said, with the budgets, I, fi- I try and fix it myself. I need to have a bit of control. So my second question to you today is when you have a lament, when you have something that's irking, whether it's personal or a big thing, how do you react to it? Do you ignore it? Ah, that's fine, I'll just think about it another time, maybe when the kids are older, or I'll try, I'll get involved in that, maybe when I have my life together, or I'm a better Christian, or when I have more money, or when, um, you know, I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Or, you know, you try and work it all out yourself. You try and be everything you need to be for your family. You try and, you know, like, you know, that family member needs Christ, so you're like at them all day long about them, rather than leaving the Holy Spirit to do the work. How do you try and fix it? So take two minutes to do that and then we're going to go back to Psalm 14. That whole thing of self-sufficiency is really a lack of trust in who God's character is and who he is. When I looked at the definition of trust, they say, it says in the dictionary, you know, it is, um, it's 100% belief, a reliability, and no doubt in someone or something. If we have trust, if we have 100% reliability and no doubt in God, why would I keep on taking things back and trying to fix them myself? The start of the psalm says, A fool says in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and there is no one who does good. Now, we could look at that and you think David was talking about all the non-Israelites all the people who didn't believe in God. But it clearly tells us the Lord looked on all the earth and that was included the children of Israel who knew God and couldn't find anybody. Sometimes God looks down on us and it's not in a judgment thing at all. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. But he's just looking for us and we're too busy either ignoring him or fixing things to listen to what his heart is for us and, and to him telling us why he put that lament or that uncomfortable anguish in our hearts about something. A lot of people read that psalm and, and they say, you know, like, you know, people who say there is no God is an atheist. And if you push people, most people today may not actually be atheists. They're more agnostic. They don't really know what they believe. But a lot of maybe standardized Christianity or whatever has kind of fallen short for them because no one has really engaged. But for us... We can be saying that indirectly when we're not acknowledging who the real God is, when we put him in a box, when we don't trust him. If God isn't reliable, then he isn't God. Thanks, Hannah. It was very deep. 
um, it's control. We're not letting God be God. And that's what an atheist is. And if I said to you today, are you an atheist? Like a lot of you would say, God, no, not at all. I believe in God. But when we're shortening his character, when we're limiting, when we're putting him in a box, when we're not trusting him, that's not the living, breathing God of heaven and earth who created the universe, who loves you, who created you, who made a purpose in life and created you for that purpose. We're not talking about the same God. The God of the Bible is magnificent, is wondrous, is reliable, is caring, is loving, is absolutely beyond any words that I could bring or explain. He's bigger than every failing you've ever had. He is forgiving and all-encompassing in love. If I described a person like that on a dating website, you'd be like, yeah, have that, thanks. You know what I mean? It's amazing. He is magnificent. But I can't trust him with my lament. Then we need to take steps back. We need to go back to the beginning. And it's not judgment because we can look around and we say the world, like, let's be honest, this country is very corrupt. We have a lot of problems. There's families sleeping on streets. There's people on trolley. There's a lot of things and it comes from greed. The world is broken. And that can be so overwhelming. But our God is not broken. If you look left and you look right, it can be very discouraging. But look up. The end of the psalm ends with something really wonderful. It said, you evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. That was foretelling what was to come. Salvation has come to us. We don't have to live like we're on our own anymore. That overwhelming lament that you bury or you ignore or you try and fix yourself, you are not on your own. There is a purpose in your life that God gave it to you for. Today, Rob uh, sang the song God's Goodness and um, Bridget spoke about it last week and it's just been, I've been, play- like, I've been standing in my kitchen playing, playing, playing it uh, to the point where like, and he's like, you still playing that song? And I'm like, It just overwhelms me in God's goodness through all of our life, through the good, through the bad, through the bit where we thought it was all right, but really we were just burying our heads in the sand. When God looks over the earth in this and he doesn't find one person The Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of man to see if there are any who understand, anyone who seeks God. All have turned aside. He doesn't look with a big finger of judgment saying, you got it wrong again. 
can't believe I put this lament in your heart and you're just not following out the steps. You're too busy ignoring. You're too busy trying to fix it yourself. God's heart is not like that. His heart is for you. The way a good father is for his child. You want the best for your children. Any parent will tell you that. You will do, you will move heaven and earth for your child, to, for them to discover what you've created them to be. God wants you to know today that the lament in your heart is there for a reason, not to tear you apart, not to make you cry every time someone touches off that nerve. It's there to show you that something needs to be addressed, that God wants to heal it, to work it out, to do something magnificent in your life. He has purpose in the pain. Paul Brand is a physician and he did a whole study and you should really read Philip Yancey wrote about him. He did some books. We think pain is bad. It's not nice, that's for sure. But he's a doctor and he... he he wrote that he's a believer in Christ and, he, and God really used him and he explained that pain is there for the purpose to let us know that something is wrong. If you look at a leper, his ner- their nerves are all gone and if they cut their hand, they don't feel it, it gets infected, they can lose their whole arm because they don't realize there's something b- wrong. There's purpose in your lament and in your pain today. And the purpose is for God to be glorified. Whether it be a personal lament or it's a big world change in movement lament like the one day thing. But it's never going to happen if we don't stop and ask ourselves, what is my lament? Acknowledge that God's put it there for a reason. Then look at what have I been doing? What behaviors have I been doing that's been stopping God work through it? And then the third thing that we have to do, what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I've been on this journey the last few weeks personally with God bringing up all this stuff about how I fix things and how it comes from the fact that I've always had to be independent and I've never really had a parent to show me you know, how to do things. So I find it hard to trust. I just automatically jump into doing stuff myself. But now that I know, and God has been so gracious speaking to me, then he says like this, is there anybody who will see God? And I want to be someone, I want to be like, God, I'm here, I'm here. I put my hand, I'm here, can you see me? I'm here, I am, I know I've messed up. I know I've been ignoring you. I know I've been trying to fix myself. I know I've been self-sufficient. I know I haven't been acknowledging you who you are, God. But forgive me and work with me. And show me what I need to do. So this morning, God, we just come before you, Lord. Now, God, Romans tells us that the only perfect person is you, Lord. No other person but Jesus has walked this earth perfect. We have all fallen short, and we need Jesus to save us. And we need you, God, to fix all that's broken, all that's messed up. Forgive us, Lord, for our shortcomings. Lord, work with us. 
just pray for every person here, Lord God, that they would have ears to hear and a heart to receive what you want to say to them about their lament. If it's hurting, heal it, Lord. If there's visions you want to give to people this morning for things, Lord, give it to them in Jesus' name. I cast out all fear, Lord, in Jesus' name. Nothing is impossible with the living God. You are God and nothing is too big for you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Sorry for short. <laughs>